0: Welcome to episode 122 of the Left Behind Game Club. This week, we play Last Day of June. Let's get right into it. You're listening to the Left Behind Game Club. Welcome to Left Behind Game Club, our never ending attempt to make sure that no game is left behind. I'm your host, Jake McCourt, and today I have two friends with me. The first friend, you know him, you love him. His name is Michael Ruffalo.
1: I'm here to talk about a game.
0: And here to talk about a game with me on the last day of June uh, is our friend Blake, aka Ludo Narrative FM. Welcome back to the show. Woo-hoo. Thank
2: you so much for having me.
0: I appreciate the invitation. Yeah. We are really happy to have you. Uh we did the uh an episode over a year ago about a short hike and it still remains like one of my faves so we're very happy to have you back.
2: That's very kind of you to say. I can't believe it's been a year.
0: I th- I think it's been longer so My goodness. Jeez. Time flies in this pandemic panini panorama era we live in. Uh, If folks don't know about you and what you do on the Internet, why don't you kind of share all the work that you do, including the podcast that you did before? Because that's how we kind of met.
2: Yeah, sure. Well, we can start with that. Um, Like I have been a podcast host in the past. Um, My project that I really worked on was Ludo Narrative FM, which is uh, hence the name. And the study that we kind of did on the Ludo Narrative FM podcast was about how video games tell stories. And uh, that has been on hiatus for a while. We have three episodes that were recorded and just waiting to be edited whenever we get around to it. But um, my main focus is running epiloguegaming.com. It's a website similarly uh, dedicated to how video games uh, focus about art, literature, and um, how they're a storytelling medium. So I do a lot of articles over there, some recent stuff. Um, I won't do like a long pitch. But um, recently wrote an article about why I stopped Twitch streaming and um, wrote an entire, sorry, a review of the entire Yakuza series and um, wrote a review of Near Replicant, just a bunch of different things. So doing that all the time.
0: And uh, if folks want to find you on Twitch, like what's the kind of stuff that you do there? Um, so what, uh, like when, when you do stream
2: Sure, um, I will be streaming when we do our next charity marathon So I will be coming back at some point It's at Ludo FM um, Just shortened it because it's easier to type um, And I recently um, What did I last play? I played Batman Arkham Origins Inspired by y'all's podcast episode on that one um, Had kind of mixed feelings But played it um, And then I did a co-op sec- uh, session of It Takes Two, the co-op story It's the follow up to A Way Out Which I really enjoyed
0: Awesome. Well, again, we are super happy to have you to talk today about Last Day of June. It's a game developed by Ovo Sonico uh, and published by 505 Games, released on the PlayStation 4 and Windows on August 31st, 2017, and on Switch on March 16th of 2018. We start the show like we start many of our shows uh, with what we call the fast pitch, which is a one sentence pitch about the video game. Um, So who wanted to give their fast pitch of this one first? i can go first if y'all would like all right let me go first uh what if the creators of pingu wanted to make you cry last day of june
2: oh
1: <laughs> that's mike looks very confused can you do better yeah i just don't uh, is the pingu the pingu pingu like yes. the, the claymation yeah, the little, uh
0: the, seal? the the 90s okay. claymation penguin okay. show yeah
1: because of the because of the voices
0: Because of the voices and kind of the way it looks. To me, this is like, what if the Pingu team made a game in 2017 and it made you really sad instead of really silly happy?
1: Gotcha. It's
0: a long way to get to my fast pitch. Yeah, yeah. Okay.
1: (laughs) I'll take a crack at it. Yep. Um, Last Day of June is a side story in Brothers, um, (laughs) in the Brothers universe that uh, is about love, loss, and how we cope with it
2: interesting okay uh do you mean brothers a tale of two sons
1: that's exactly what i mean
2: oh my goodness that totally works if
1: we're finding like a a, you know a world that this lives in
2: huh okay blake i'd love to hear yours um i have one prepared um (laughs) i i wrote down last day of june is a delightfully artistic and emotionally expressive indie that has nothing to do with the summer month ending
0: bam so much better than Mike and I. Sorry, Mike. Oh, my goodness. No. <laughs> um, so what did you know about this game before we decided to play it for the pod? Because I, for a long time, thought it was about the month, and I was terribly, terribly, terribly mistaken. Right, Mike?
1: Yeah. About you? Yeah, you were. Because you were like, I am so excited to play this game, and we can release it at the end of June. It will be perfect. We need to do it. And uh, I knew nothing aside from that. Uh, I did a quick search to see, you know, what are the reviews like? I saw some pretty glowing reviews on Steam. And I was like, okay, I'll play this game. Why not? Let's see where it goes. What about you, boy? Uh,
2: It's interesting that you mentioned the Steam reviews being uh, very positive because they are. Um, I think later in the episode, we'll talk about this. But this game, um, when I was reading some more critical reviews after I played it, is um it's kind of mixed it's had a very mixed reception from people and um but anyway my my history with the game is actually immediately recent to this uh this podcast i had this game in a may 2018 humble bundle i had to look that up um and it also went free on epic at some point um so i played it on on steam and um i played it for
1: the show and uh yeah there's a lot to say yeah consider me part of the mixed Consider me part of the mix. What about you, Jacob?
0: I would also be part of the mix. Get uh, out of here. We'll we'll, we'll save that. What Uh, I I've been meaning to play this game for at least three or four years. Basically, since it came out, Uh, my partners, one of my partners' coworkers, like talks about it as like one of the most cinematically interesting game experiences, and it like hits that indie does not have head trauma. This is like the indie that I adore and I'm sure Blake kind of feels similarly where like this is probably the vein of indie where I'm like, okay, this is something that I would like. Um, So I wanted to play it. I thought it was about the calendar month of June, but it's not about the character. It's about a character named June. Mm -hmm. So we'll get into it. Uh, Before we dive right in, I want to know how you played it. I played it on Switch, and I have some notes about the Switch version um, before we
1: continue. Mike, how'd you play? I wish that I knew that it was on Switch. No, Um, you don't. Okay, well, let me tell you, I had a pretty bad experience playing it on my laptop. Oh, Um, no. no. There is no way to resize the window. It's either full screen or uh postage stamp size so my choice was either to play it in slideshow mode or in a very uh small resolution
0: okay so you played it on pc
2: via steam epic game store what
1: via via steam with an xbox controller
0: okay Hmm. blake how'd you play
2: um played it on my uh gaming pc and i didn't have any issues i ran everything there's not a lot of settings on this game on pc but um everything was at max and uh, I didn't have any issues whatsoever. It's such a shame to hear that both of you had, like, performance snags.
1: I mean, the performance issues on my part were that I'm pushing this, uh, I don't know, laptop to its, beyond its limits um, to, to get it to play. I, you know, I, I don't think you need a beefy PC to make this work. I just didn't have one.
0: <laughs> well, let me tell you, there's a Switch version. Uh, and I would recommend not playing it on Switch. Hmm. Uh, only because from a strictly performance standpoint... Uh, We'll talk about what the game looks like artistically, but it felt like there was a layer of Vaseline that was kind of mm-hmm. smeared over the screen. I, I would assume to make Filters. the game work on Switch, kind of from a filtering perspective. No pop in, but anything beyond like maybe like, you know, 10 in game feet, it looked kind of blurry. And then when you turn the screen, like the frame rate would cut in half uh, most of the time. So I would recommend if you were going to play this game, do it on PS4 or PC.
1: Did you play that in both handheld and docked mode?
0: I did, and the performance on handheld I found was better.
1: Okay. Which Makes is
0: sense. a weird, interesting. Well it thing. just
1: had, it has to put push out different resolutions, right? Seven twenty P versus ten eighty.
0: Yeah. And I played it on a Switch, not a Switch Lite. So I would caveat and say like, this game is interesting. Don't play it on Switch. Is it? Oh boy, let's just let's just get right into it. Oh. Um How would you do? You want to talk about what this game is before we go ahead and and talk about our experiences playing it? Because I think it's really important to talk about what it looks like and what it's all about before we dive right in.
1: People might call this game a um, action adventure puzzle game or a you know point and click to some degree puzzle game. Um, but really, it is a game where you press A a lot and watch <laughs> cinematics uh, explain the story. Um, there is not a lot to do other than find the missing item that you need to um, revise history and find a way to make sure that, uh, I don't know, whether the wife is named June or the character with the, with the big glasses is named June. Uh, but try and make sure that your wife does not die at the end
0: yeah carl is the the main uh character who's in a wheelchair and then june is his wife uh and as you said it like starts kind of in a in a tragic sense where your character's in a wheelchair you don't know why and then you slowly find out that there's a car crash where june his wife passed away and you have to go around and hit a on things to i'm sure there are a lot of shows y'all know that like it's about replaying the past This is one of those things where like the things you do in the past could affect the future, the butterfly effect. Mm -hmm. This, this game is the butterfly effect.
1: Yeah. It's like, Oh, if you prevent the little boy from being in the road and which will cause you to swerve and your wife die, well then, Oh, there's going to be something else. And that's going to be the girl who had a childhood crush on you. That is now heartbroken to see you with someone else who's leaving town. Well, she's going to hit a bump in the road and all of the, all of the boxes on her truck are going to fall out. And, as you come, you're gonna end up swerving to avoid her, and if uh, and if you account for that, there's gonna be a hunter who's standing on top of uh, a cliff, and that's gonna create uh, a rock slide, and that's also going to to end up getting you. So if it's not one thing, it's another, and this game is a series of, you know, you can call them puzzles to uh, <laughs> change the past and uh, and and create a new reality or prevent the person from dying. Mm. I think it's really interesting that um, the idea of
2: like pressing A a lot and these being like scare quotes puzzles um, is the impression that this game leaves because I think that those are almost like afterthoughts of game design and uh, the way that this thing works. Um, and if I had... I, I actually... I guess I'm probably the most positive in terms of how this game uh, hit me. But I, I, I'm rather sympathetic to the idea, at least, that... Not only does this game continue to contrive reasons um, for the inevitable sort of like butterfly effect sort of message behind it all, but it, um, it achieves that through sometimes tedious repetition. And and that's a, a shame is having to like go back. you can say that again. Yeah, having to go back multiple <laughs> times if you don't quite know what to do. Um, and I, at least I'm willing to say I uh, pulled up in a walkthrough almost immediately just because I wanted to get all the achievements in one playthrough. And, um, and that made a huge difference for me. I think if I did not have that, I would have become
1: frustrated. And you can repeat that again, and you can repeat that four more times, because that's often the amount of times you would have to do something to get through the end of this game. Mm-hmm.
0: I won't lie, I also pulled up a walkthrough, mm-hmm. because at about the halfway mark, there was just a, a puzzle that I wasn't understanding. So imagine that there's kind of two layers to the game, and they're all being done in this in this. I don't want to say shared world, but in a very finite space. It's like a neighborhood essentially. And there's the present where you have your character Carl, who's in a weird wheelchair who is um, touching paintings and like trying to relive his memories through through spiritual paintings and then the past where there's more color, there's more life. And that past is where you're solving puzzles that affect the present. And like y'all said, the puzzles are simple. It's like, how do we get the hunter to not you know, sh- end up in one area that causes a, uh, not an avalanche, but like a, a cliff Rock to fall slide. on the road? How do we get boxes from someone's car not to fall out into that same road? We're trying to prevent one accident from happening. What I really appreciated about the game, to give some positive about it, <laughs> is that I appreciated the structure of it in that the whole game was really one puzzle Hmm. that you had to figure out and it was like maybe two-ish hours. And that's what I really enjoyed of seeing like the whole puzzle come together. I just feel like the thing that we had to do in the moment, you know, pressing, moving up to things and pressing A was not the fun part.
1: But didn't you feel like you saw what, the whole what all the pieces were once you completed the the little boy challenge the first of four um that you had to solve
0: do you mean like did i know what was about to happen could i like,
1: like yeah did you not foresee like oh well, we're going to do this with the little boy and prevent him from being in the road with the soccer ball um and then we're also going to have to do this for the f- literal four other characters that were created here aside from the dog Um, Yeah, maybe
0: I felt like it was a Final Destination movie where, like, someone was predestined to die and you just had to, like, move through it and say, like, okay, they're not going to die, it's going to be someone else and I have to go through all these characters to do it. Mm -hmm. I I don't know if I'm explaining myself correctly, but I guess what I would say is, like, I kind of did see where it was going.
1: Right, Mm -hmm. right. But you appreciated seeing how it all came together in the end.
0: Yeah, I just wish that the game was... Like the puzzle solving was more fun
1: hmm. or more satisfying. That there was a challenge. That yeah. There was something to it. The, the thing that I felt robbed about with this game was one, it was too long, hmm. um, mm. which says a lot because this game is fairly short. Hmm. Um, and, and two, that this game didn't need to be a game. Like it isn't a good game, um, but nothing about it requires it being a game. Because all of the story is really told to you in cinematics after you've pressed A enough times, um, so there. I just I, I felt like my time wasn't being used well, and that I wasn't being respected as a player. So uh, I actually didn't finish it. I pulled up a, a, a YouTube walkthrough and watched the the last half of the game because I was just I was like I can't do this.
0: Dang, that's that's gotta be. Either the first or second time you've done that in the history of the podcast.
1: Yeah, just I couldn't drag myself through it.
2: Wow. I, the, this is so interesting to me because I wasn't wanting a challenge out of a game like this. Um, I think that I knew, I mean, uh, Jacob mentioned earlier about this being very much kind of in his alley as far as video games go. Like this looks like it's specifically tailored to these interests that you already know you're going to enjoy and expect, et cetera. And I totally had that. That was my first impression, um, thinking that this would be a swing, knock out of the park sort of um, hit with me. And to some extent, I do love this game. And uh, and we can get into some of those reasons why. But um, but hearing all of these sort of like the idea of maybe getting so frustrated that you um, stop playing and, and watch the end of it. Um, it does reveal like the, the biggest flaw that this game has, which is that it I don't know if we've mentioned this, but this is like a wordless game. Um, there's no actual, there's no text, there's no um, dialogue, and so everything simlish. you're sorry, simlish. Yeah, yeah. Um, everything you're doing, you're you're figuring out like through just context, like visual sort of metaphors and things. And um, I I think just to reiterate the walkthrough point, I think that this game kind of suffers for that. And um, even though the interactions are simple, it's still not clear exactly how to play it efficiently and speaking about like respecting your time um the game for i completed it in one sitting it was just shy of three hours um got all of the achievements and i was thinking to myself even for a one sitting game it does sort of overstay its welcome which is a problem it does feel like it should have been maybe an hour shorter all things told um yeah, i I'm with you.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say, like, I hadn't thought of that being a potential solution to this because I kept thinking to myself, I'm like, I would love to see the, like, Pixar short version of this story. Hmm. Or I would love to see the 13-episode anime of this story. <laughs> but actually playing this game is not Mike's dying. This is not the thing that I want in this universe. Like, I... I not to spoil the, the later, but, like, I thought of something like Bao. Like, the Pixar short about the, um like... Bow um, bun. About the hot bun. And I thought, like, this is the... That's the kind of storytelling that I feel this hits. And that's how I want this. I want the last day of June short that is before The Incredibles 3. I don't want to play this two and a half hour thing.
1: That's exactly the point that I, that I feel I tried to make earlier, which is that nothing about this game needs to be a game. And the points where it becomes a game are where it is the most frustrating hmm. and the least enjoyable. Um, and <laughs> I just didn't feel respected as a player. And, you know, look, I'm not coming to this game expecting Dark Souls. I'm also not coming to this game expecting, you know, a real challenge with these puzzles, because that would bump so many people off of it. Um, I just wish that there was something to it um, and that there was some story to be uncovered. Uh, And I think they try and give you breadcrumbs of that with the little memories that you bump into, the little silhouettes of them that... You walk up and press A and hear the Simlish speak and you infer through all of their uh, their tone, you know, what, what was happening. Um, but yeah, I just really, really couldn't get into it. Um, but I'm glad that you both were able to, to find more positive experiences out of it.
2: Yeah, one of the things that I actually enjoyed, I'm not someone who normally achievement hunts, but I looked at kind of how involved it would be, and you can do it in one playthrough, so I decided to go ahead and do everything, and that requires some sort of, like, eccentric interactivity. Like, one of the early achievements, like, in the opening scene at the lake, where Carl and June are sitting out on this little dock, um, you go to um, get June a flower, and you can get that flower to bring to her, that unlocks an achievement, But if you pick all of the pedals off by simply pressing A, um, if you pick all of the pedals off deliberately, uh, you get another achievement, which is, um, I believe it's called She Loves Me, She Loves Me Not. And um, it was just a cute little thing that um, the fact that it was there was nice. It put a smile on my face and then later into the playthrough as the little boy. Um, There's an achievement um, that you get called Not Great at Basketball. And I want to ask both of you, did either of you try to shoot the soccer ball that the kid plays with into the basketball hoops?
1: I I did. did. I spent so much time doing it. I thought maybe maybe if I throw a hundred shots, it'll be like a little Easter egg that it's the hundredth that gets in. Oh my gosh. And I found out that no, there is no Easter egg. There is no way for the boy to get it in
0: yeah i i kept positioning myself i'm like do i have to be here do i have to be closer and it just it did not go so i'm glad to know that there is no way to sink it
2: i i thought what was really charming about this is also the wording of the achievement it says shoot the ball at the basketball hoop four times so in (laughs) intrinsically just like implying the kid's clumsiness and inaccuracy i just a little charming touch (laughs)
0: Um, There is another positive thing that I really want to talk about and it's the the look of this game. Mm. I think the characters are really interesting and like they reminded me of something that Tim Burton would do or like kind of like Coraline the movie except instead of buttons on the eyes there are imagine like the characters look like they're either carved out of wood or made out of clay. And instead of having eyes, there's just the sockets for the eyes, but they're not super deep. They're pretty shallow. Um, but even then, like, I appreciated the, like, the, the pastel colors. It looked like someone had um, painted a sunset the entire time with this game. And I, I appreciated looking at it despite the technical hiccups on Switch.
1: Mm. So I feel like we've talked quite a bit about the ways in which this game you know lets us down um but i i think that there's probably some some positives to be found in both the aesthetics and the story um so i'd love to i'd love to tee you guys up what which one did you find was you know more enjoy more joyful, more enjoyable more enjoyable? <laughs> more enjoyable sorry english is tough <laughs> Um, I, my favorite of the four
2: stories, uh, was the little boy that I just mentioned. Um, and I have a couple reasons for that, not to plug it, but on the day that this episode goes live, I actually will have an article, uh, pairing up with the episode. And I'm going to talk a little bit more in that article about, uh, why I think the boy was my favorite, but, um, I, I got the most value out of that one. And I started to think by the hunter, um, that was the one that I would probably cut. Um, the reason I liked the boy is because of the playful nature of it. And it felt really empathetic and... Um, kind of a natural way of telling the story and extending this idea of this inevitable tragedy. Um, because the way that, um, the boy is involved with this car crash that happens is, um, this kid is by himself and he's lost all his friends and he goes up to these adults to plead with them with his soccer ball to play. And the hunter's busy, distracted. Um, we could talk about what he's distracted doing and the best friend character, um, also shakes her head and turns him down. And so he has this little, this cute little pop animation, he has this idea, and he runs off screen and grabs a kite, and with both hands he like presents it up to um, these adults again, and they do the same sort of head shake disapproval. And, um, so he inevitably plays with this dog, um, the hunter's dog, who's just kind of laying there barking, doing nothing and starts throwing the ball with this dog. And the dog is like really bad at throwing it back. It keeps going towards the road. And eventually the ball lands in the road and, uh, the boy runs out to grab it. They swerve causing the same car crash. So I really liked that one because it was really trying to toy with, um, this idea of being lonely when you're young and having to entertain yourself and having adults being busy or not, um, Sharing your interest and all of that gave me um, just some nice introspective little moments that I, I I enjoyed.
0: Yeah, I would say that that was my my second favorite story. My my favorite was the older the older man, and I think it's it's kind of for the same reason. You know, you talk about like the the youthful innocence and like trying to get people to play to me it was like the older gentleman who was trying to reach out to others either through providing a gift to uh to june uh for you know carl and june or by like finally breaking down and deciding to play with the little boy like play with the kite like you knew he didn't want to do it and i could i could almost hear it in his simlish that he was like this old man and he's like leave me alone i want to sit on my rocker and enjoy myself a, a sweet tea on the on the back porch but he he plays with this little boy and i think there was you know there's no voice acting in this but i think you could tell that like he was enjoying his time you know having a, a kite ride with a, with a little boy so i appreciate it for the same reason but instead of like youthful innocence it's like someone who is a little bit older who has been through a lot and is probably tired like breaking down and deciding to let himself have fun again or or allowing himself to um, to reach other people again so that, that was my favorite I, I don't know how you felt about like the, the best friends story you said the hunter you'd cut I think the best friend story was the one that I would cut out of the out, the hunter and the best friend story are definitely the weakest ones to me
2: I would agree with that. Um, I I didn't have as much value and I didn't have as much connection to those two stories and they did ultimately make the overall puzzle of the game um, where you have to set up these scenarios at the end of each day. Um, It made that a little tedious because there were just so many of them and I, I didn't think that they were crucial to the overall story and like the tragedy that the story is trying to point out. Um, I really did, I, I, definitely think The Old Man is my second favorite, um, so very high up there for me as well. Um, and what I really, really liked, and I don't know if we want to get all the way into the spoilers, uh, at this point, but the way that his chapter ends, like, reality sort of breaks down, and I, I really enjoyed that. I mean, it was kind of obvious symbolism that I've seen elsewhere, but it, it was powerfully done when paired with, um, the, frankly, gorgeous soundtrack. Um, it really was effectively utilized there. I thought that the music um, really added this the cinematic flair that this
1: game was kind of going for i thought I thought the music was was great mm-hmm. um, I loved it I loved the the aesthetics the visuals of it um, I just hated playing it.
0: I think the whole game was actually You know I looked at the Wikipedia page So sorry that I'm the person That's reading a Wikipedia page On a podcast um, But uh, the whole game was inspired by A song by Stephen Wilson mm-hmm. Who's the composer on the game So um, I would agree Like it was to me It was like the visuals were great The music was, was great um, Just maybe playing the thing Is not is not the piece But we keep talking that to death Um I think it's it's a good point to to kind of move towards the end of the game. So, imagine there are these cards that come up, right? Um, like Blake said, you have to line up each of the four characters' main stories, and once they're all in the right place, that's when the end of the game kind of begins to initiate itself. And is that that kind of card mechanic where you're getting like someone's exact end? I'm not explaining this right, but you're replaying the same hour. Thank you. Go ahead.
1: Yeah. Once you start aligning each of the different situations and scenarios where each character needs to be, the little boy needs to be playing with the kite, um, you know, each one is lined up correctly. Then you get back to the dock. The day starts anew and you get to see what the end of the game actually looks like. And correct me if I'm wrong, if if I'm (laughs) anywhere wrong along here, but... From my recollection, uh, what ends up happening is you get to the dock, and what's the bespeckled guy, Carl? Is that well, it? no,
0: because there's there's a, I think there's a piece before that that's, oh, okay. that's important me with related to. I don't know, Blake. Do you want to hit on like the gift part before we get to the to the dock?
2: Um, well, one of the things going on with the gift towards the end of the game is the old man is trying to continuously bring it to the house where Carl and June live, um, and there's this kind of connecting point that. Maybe this giving of the gift is the triggering, inciting incident of this whole butterfly effect narrative. Um, and there's some speculation about what this gift is. Um, I don't know. Have either of you thought about what's inside the box? It's
1: this little, like, red and white sort of cube. Has to be a gift for the the soon-to-be baby. But That's, that's my bet.
0: It's not fully... <sighs> is it determined what's in it?
2: I don't think the game shows it.
0: Yeah, and I think that there's... When I was looking on the internet, there's there's people that have... There are different schools of thought of what is in the gift, correct? Mm-hmm. What's in the yeah. box? What's in the box? Sorry.
2: <laughs> I wasn't clever enough to think... Um, like baby gift when I was playing it at the time, but that is the kind of theory that I've settled on in my mind. I think that this is some like premonition of like this is a past conversation that the old man has had with June, and he's like bringing this over, which uh, June excitedly wants to give this box, this little present uh, to Carl. Um, and it could just be something simple like a happy little birthday gift, uh, but I think it being something a little more symbolic because of the inevitable ending um, it is more fitting.
0: And the thing that you have to kind of experience through gameplay is, you know, Blake, you mentioned having to go back and try and deliver the gift multiple times. Mm -hmm. It's because in the past, there's, I hate, I don't know how to describe it, but the world is kind of crumbling around you. Mm -hmm. And each time you deliver the gift, it makes you repeat it, but the world crumbles a little bit more until you deliver it for either like a third or a fourth time. And I don't say like the delivery takes, but like that's when you can finally move to, okay, what happens in in the present and the future? That's a weird game.
1: <laughs> yeah, so you get there's a scene where finally at, you're at the top of the stairs, and it one of one of the rooms is just a baby's room, mm-hmm. and uh, you're just kind of in awe, and um, June is behind you. And then I think it teleports us back to the dock. And this time, instead of getting into the driver's seat, um, pulls June out of the passenger seat and has her drive. With the, the implication being he knows he's going to die. He's going to sacrifice himself to make sure that his wife and you know offspring live. I think that would have been something that struck a chord with me or felt semi-worthwhile had not been so frustrated getting to that point I
0: have a, a question from Twitter and it kind of hits on exactly Hit what we want to I have a question uh, this is from at story on Twitter they ask uh, what did you know going in we've already addressed that how caught off guard were you I was wrecked not so I think all. I, I want to know like
1: I knew it was did coming. you
0: see it coming 100% I think like I... from the beginning
1: very predictable Hmm.
2: I think I knew it was coming, but it still, it hit me powerfully. It didn't, like, bring me to tears or anything, but it was one of those endings to a game that made me stare blankly at the wall behind my computer monitor for about, you know, 15 or 20 minutes before inevitably deciding to try and scour the internet to read any, like, critical analysis that was out there just to see, like, what did other people said about the game. Um the the thing that worked for me with the ending again the swell of music happening um the the tacit acceptance of his own death instead of paralysis um but like just there's this little moment where you can pr- you can press a and um, you can <laughs> no way. tell her um and so that's kind of an ambiguous i i immediately interpreted the tell her as um tell her about all of these repeated attempts and about the inevitability of this this drive and how it's going to end fatally. Um, and you can also in, interpret it in other ways. Or it could just be simply like, I love you, like one of those. And um, I, I liked that moment. It was incredibly simple, but it was effective for me.
1: Yeah, I think the other thing that kind of lost the impact for me is that, you know, it's kind of set up as this moment of heroism in, in some respects, right? Like, oh, I will fall on the sword. But if you really look at it, I mean, to me it's it's a very selfish moment. You know, he's escaping a, a depressed life, um, you know, paralyzed, tortured by, the, you know, not having his partner there to you know, essentially having her deal with that, right? Uh, and it's only made slightly better by the fact that she needs to be a parent on her own. Um <laughs> and and go through that whole process herself. Um it doesn't it doesn't feel like a really heroic moment to me, you know? Mm. Uh, it's it's honestly it seems like choosing the easier path. Hmm.
0: Huh. But, but you didn't know going in that uh so Carl is kind of paralyzed from the waist down because of the accident. So we didn't necessarily know that she wasn't going to share the same fate. So would you I understand what you're oh, saying about him uh, wanting to escape, like, his of, reality.
1: You've kind but, of just uh, it, exposed a different lens to look at the game, which is that he's actually just trying to prevent himself from being paralyzed um, instead, <laughs> instead of saving his wife. Um, no, I'm not saying that's actually what it was, but...
0: Uh, there's a part in the game where there's a book, right? And you look in the book, and, like, the wife has drawn a picture of uh, Carl as Superman or Super Carl, and... Um, That was nice, but I don't know if you can strictly say like he was just trying to escape his own fate.
1: I mean, what else was he doing?
0: Trying to save the life of his unborn child.
1: Uh, That's a lens to look at it.
2: (laughs) I mean, that's the interpretation I initially had. Um, I I didn't think that it was in any way selfish, or at least that wasn't how I read it. Um, That, again, it's maybe the fault of nonverbal storytelling, but that interpretation is completely valid.
1: There's, yeah, there's just every bit of, like, real storytelling we get. I don't know if, yeah, anyways, it just really comes in those cinematics. And I mm-hmm. think what I, what I did like about this, and there's very few things I like, but what I did like about this <laughs> was that you get these, you know, backstory and memories of the characters as you go. I specifically thought the, the blonde woman who's escaping town. I thought that was a, you know, gut-wrenching little bit of story. Because I can imagine what that's like. Um, I can imagine what it's like being a hunter or not being seen as the hunter, but really only um, doing it to to get close to, you know, your father. Um, I can imagine what that's like. I can see what those stories come to. I thought that was way more interesting than trying to change the past. Um, to get an outcome that you liked better. So yeah, I didn't like this game. What about you guys?
0: <laughs> um, I appreciate this, and I, when I always think about games, I'm like, people make these things. I appreciate it. I appreciate that Last Day of June exists. Like I said, I I wish that this was an anime or a Pixar style mm-hmm. short where it's you know twelve minutes of content that just punches you in the gut, and makes you cry. Um, but as a game. I didn't enjoy playing it. Hmm. it. It is a very simplistic puzzle game that I can't recommend, but I, I'm very happy exists, and I'm I'm looking forward to the next project from the team, truly. And so that's you, not like if, a cop-out. I love that this thing exists. I okay. do.
1: How, what if you applied that same logic to other types of media? It's a movie that I just, you know... I just don't want to watch or it's a TV show. I don't want to watch or it's a play. I don't want to experience, you know, I'd just, rather something it, take
0: a swing and miss than not take the swing
1: for sure. But there was very, I'm not answering your question. Here. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it fails at what it's trying to do, which yes. is be a game.
2: Yes. It, it does yes. not
1: fail at telling an interesting story. It just chooses the wrong medium.
2: Hmm. Yeah. Fair.
1: This I would have been actually way for this if this was just like a UE like or Unity or whatever like thing that you load up and it plays as a movie where I don't have to pretend to you know press A and make a difference
0: hmm. or it was forty five minutes instead of two and a half hours. Yeah, Blake. Sorry, we we keep talking about it. What do you think?
2: I think ultimately I I like the game um, quite a lot. Uh, I don't think it does everything well as a game. Um, That's definitely been made clear, and I would agree with that. Um, But it had an intention of of making an emotional impact, and it did that for me, Um, which was a nice experience that I would ultimately recommend people try. I don't think this game has any replayability because of the nature of the repetition and so it's not something i will probably ever go back to but it would give me excitement if for example a friend told me that they were streaming it on twitch like i would tune in for it i I enjoyed the experience and would like to um see what sort of conversation it generates so
1: it evoked an emotional reaction in me too blake just a lot of anger
0: It's like seventy five percent off right now on on Steam. So if you're listening to this, it may still be on sale. Um, But I would say if this game's three or four bucks, like it's it's worth a try if if it looks interesting to you.
1: See, and in my mind, it's twenty five percent too expensive.
0: (laughs) Well, Mike, you may not have enjoyed this title, but what I'd love to do is move us to a segment that I call that I call the recommendation machine. Recommendation machine. And in this segment, uh, if folks want to play more games like this, or want to play a game like this that's maybe a little bit more well executed, Mike, uh, we're gonna recommend some other titles. So, what I would love to do is invite one of y'all to go first and share either one or two titles that folks can play if they if this game hits their vibe.
1: I will. I will just give the one that stands out to me. And that is Brothers I alluded to it earlier Brothers A Tale of Two Sons It tells an emotional story Without dialogue um, in, uh, in, a, in a Very similar Very similar way it's about loss It's about love it's about relationships um, And I think it's just way more Successful in, in what it does mm-hmm. So um, It's also probably about a similar length yeah brothers is great
2: um i have on my list um life is strange that feels like an obvious kind of butterfly effect comparison um just for the time loops and the whole like inevitability of the the fixed events in time um but also that dragon cancer um which i think is a game that's trying to do a similar processing heavy loss sort of theme and um i've written about this before but i don't think that that game is a game that i enjoyed playing um, so it's, it's a very similar kind of in this, it's it swung for the fences and whether or not that uh, made it for you is, is really up to interpretation. So
0: those are good ones. I've wanted to play that Dragon Cancer for a very long time. Uh, maybe something we play in the future. Um, My reco is a newer title. It is called Before Your Eyes. Uh, It's from a team called Goodbye World Games, published by Skybound. And it's about 90 minutes, came out like a few months ago. And essentially the mechanic is that you're in first person, but your webcam is on and the game moves forward in time every time you blink. And so it tells this story of, you know, you returning to your life after death and re-experiences some moments from it. I I don't want to spoil it because it's it's wonderful and fantastic. So uh, if... That game sounds interesting to you. It's like 10 bucks on Steam. It is wholly worth your 90 minutes. Uh, it is easily the best thing I've played in 2021. So uh, I will leave that there.
2: Wow. Blake, have you played it? No, I've been meaning to. Highest recommendations from a lot of people I respect. So,
0: It is phenomenal. It's fantastic. So... Uh, well, I think that that covers our discussion on, uh, last day of June. Uh, with that, we'll close the show first, uh, by saying, Blake, thank you so much for coming on the show today. If folks want to find your work on the internet, if you could just remind them again, where they can find you, um, that would be lovely.
2: You can find me on Twitter at Ludo Narrative FM. Um, sometimes I stream on Twitch at Ludo FM, and of course, uh, Epilogue Gaming is where I spend most of my gaming attention and energy. Uh, recently, published articles on um, Persona 4 Golden, and like I mentioned, the Yakuza series, and uh, many, many others coming soon, uh, including the one coming up on the day that this episode goes live. So check that out if you're looking for more Last Day of June stuff.
0: And uh, you can also be found in the Left Behind Game Club Discord at times as well. Uh, in uh, you know, talking with the the wonderful community that's there. You're part of that wonderful community, so thank you for being there and being here. Uh, we will have to have you back sometime in the future to talk about indie games once again. Uh, you can find all things Left Behind Game Club at Left Behind Game Club uh, on Twitter at Left Behind Club and on Instagram at Left Behind Game Club. If you like the show, do us two favors: uh, one, send it to someone you like uh, or someone you don't like if, who likes podcasts, because that's the way people find out about podcasts is by. Getting recommendations. So share it around. And then uh, if you do like it, consider giving us a five star review on your podcasting platform of choice because it does help. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Jiggum Accord on all major social media platforms. I host another podcast called Cutscenes. It's a video game movie podcast um, that is seasonal, season three, getting ready to launch that later this year. You can find that uh, at cutscenes.ca. I also host video game trivia on Twitch every Wednesday night at around 9 p.m. Eastern, sometimes a little later. Uh, you can find that at twitch.tv slash Jacob McCourt. Mike, where can people find you?
1: Find me at I'm on most social places online and in the Discord server. I will see you all there. How do you get there? Go to leftbehindgame.club, click the big button in the middle. It'll take you right into it.
0: Or you can go to leftbehindgame.club slash Discord as well. That works too. That's true. Um, Mike, take us home, sir.
1: And that, my friends, is a game I'm happy we left behind. want to try again (laughs) i feel like i got it oh
2: my nailed it (laughs) nailed it you did good i feel Um, like i
1: got that one take
0: you did you did it you crushed it um thank you both Hey, I'm Jacob McCourt.
1: I'm Katie Lesbrantz. And I'm Travis Colnett.
0: We are hosting a brand new podcast called Cutscenes. There are tons of video game podcasts and tons of TV film podcasts, but we're going to bring you the intersection of both and talk about video game movies and TV. I know what you're thinking. Aren't most of them not very good? Wrong. Some of them are fine. And we're going to tell you all about them. Make sure to subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. Follow us on Twitter at Cutscenes underscore pod. And most importantly, give us a listen. See See you you soon. soon.
1: Scenes of Video Game Movie Podcast.